So today I'm speaking to Susie Tanzama from Mishkan Rare. Susie, welcome to SBID Speaking V. Hi Vanessa, thanks. It's lovely to have you. I'm absolutely excited about today because you are sort of um, a creative in a world, you've got both sides of the brain working, which is very rare, people say, on uh, successful women. So I wanted to explore your background and your success and how you have it all. Um, you've got a background that is very different from most solicitors because besides being creative, you're diverse, but then you've got this very structured, formal, measured way um, in, in the life of a solicitor. So tell us how you started and what took you on your journey from football to music to law. Okay, um, well, uh, firstly, I should say it's always a pleasure to do things with you, Vanessa. So thank you very much for inviting me on uh, on your podcast. Um, yes, you're you're right. My background is is quite different from, and it's not a typical route to law. Um, I've been at Michigan for ten years, but even fifteen years ago, I don't think I would have believed you if you told me I was going to be a lawyer. Um, if I'm honest, I don't think I knew what I wanted to do when I was at school, um, and I didn't do a vocational degree. Uh, I think I wanted to work in the entertainment industry. Um, I, I remember being uh, quite inspired by Cat Dealey on Saturday morning TV. Um, and I did actually get one TV job. Um, I did some TV presenting during Euro 2004. Um, and after that experience, kind of working peripherally in football, I then um, took my football agent exams and became a licensed football agent. Um, and I was only, I think, probably about 22 at the time. And there were very few women in the industry. Uh, and I worked with one of the larger football agencies initially before setting up a small startup um, a few years later. Um, and at the same time, I was also working for Quintessentially, which is, um, if, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, the Luxury Lifestyle Management Service. Um, yes. And they wanted to improve their offering in the Northwest. Um, so I was, I was running that in the Northwest. And it's actually crazy to think I did all of that before, um, before I turned 25. Uh, and then, um, and then, yeah, I, I, I somehow ended up at Mishcon, um, which was, which, which didn't seem the obvious next step, if I'm honest. Um, but my mum had um, been a lawyer, and I think I probably have her to thank for uh, the career in law. The structure that, that you have. You've obviously got, um, you know, the um, right side and the left side of your brain working very well because the, you know, one is very, um, you know, creative, and the other, and very creative because you're very much an entrepreneur. On the other side, you're very structured too, which um, and and that's why I do think that uh, you're very unusual because um, most people have one side or the other side working. It's it is unusual to have both, you know. Um, you don't well, you say that, but I think most lawyers have to be creative. I mean, I, I think that I think that part it's part of the job, isn't it? Finding creative solutions to clients' problems. So I think creativity is part of the job. Um, but but you're right about the structure. I mean, I I love project management and I and I love organising things. Um, and so I think in everything I I, I do in my life, the organisational aspect is 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 where I uh, is where I thrive. Uh, so, but what was the trigger that that got you from? Because what happens in um, the design world, um, you often find that people have been a designer for many years 
um, but they haven't actually converted it into, they might have made it into a business, but they actually haven't made it into um, a, a pension or a business that they can sell at the end. So what was, what was it, if it was not money, that triggered you to move from the sort of entrepreneurial background that you just described um because setting up things i mean i actually when i, I was working when i had my practice um i used to do a lot of work with quintessential i used to look after some of their properties in belgravia and uh, mm. they were so it was always fast moving but you you, mm -hmm. you know, what was it that triggered the move from you being that sort of fast moving diverse uh, entrepreneur uh, creator into taking a degree in law um well as i said my mum was a lawyer and and she was actually one of the one of the uk's kind of leading medical negligence lawyers in the 80s 90s i found a great video clip of her recently actually looking very 80s on a on a <laughs> on a tv documentary um she was a huge inspiration for me i mean in terms of women who have made their mark on historically male-dominated professions my mum's one of them um and um and she when she founded her firm um i was i was really young i was probably uh six i think or six or seven um and and she had two kids under under the age of eight and and um, and ran this um, nationwide firm with offices uh, in Manchester, Birmingham, and London, and it, doing some very high-profile work. Um, for example, um, she represented the families of of, of Harold Shipman's victims. Um, and, I, and in terms of the, the work that I'd been doing up until that point, I guess I just didn't see it as having longevity. I, and I and I wanted a a job that. I could make it into a career and something that I could do for a long time. Um, and law just seemed like the obvious step. Um, and I mean, when I applied to Michigan, that was 12 years ago, and I haven't really looked back since. So, um, but I do remember how excited my mum was when I called her to tell her that I decided to be a lawyer, and in particular to, to, um, to work for Michigan. Yes, well, what, what made you um, choose Michigan? Um, I, well, I, I knew a couple of yeah. I mean, I knew a couple of people uh, who were already at the firm from growing up in Manchester, and they had overwhelmingly positive things to say about it. But I think um, what attracted me initially was the culture um, of the firm. I mean, there's something, and I know you always say it whenever you come to visit. There's something undeniably cool about Michigan, yeah. and I don't think many law firms could claim to be cool. Um, That's but but it but it is. Uh, it's a great place to work. Um, it's it's got at its core a number of values which um, which shape the way we work and the way that we interact with each other in the firm. And it's one of the things that first attracted me, and probably why I've stayed and why I, I don't think I could imagine working anywhere else. Yes, I, I remember um, when when in London, Michigan were based in um, I want to say Red Lion Square, but it wasn't Red Lion Square. The back we, of Holborn. Yeah, we were in um, we were in Red Lion Square just before yeah. we moved to Kingsway. So I remember going into that office, and there was this very old building, and um, not not particularly beautiful on the outside. And you walked in, and there was art and Barcelona chairs, and I thought, wow. And I, I went in, I was invited to give a, a talk for women entrepreneurs, and suddenly I met all these really trendy people. And when they'd say, yes, I'm a solicitor, I was, I was shocked because my sort of history and connections with 
solicitors is always very sort of grey and stuffy and you never get that in, in Michigan. I mean, you, there's always events and um, fun. And I always find that, that all of the team of Michigan are, are very savvy and on, the, on, on it. They actually understand business. and. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's why people choose Michigan uh, over, over other firms. I mean, our clients are very entrepreneurial way. Yes. Because I'm sort of like, no, crush, kill and destroy. You know, this is a right of having it. And you're thinking, Vanessa, um, that's, you know, but it's going to cost it and it's not worth it. There's other ways. Don't do that. And so you've always been very pragmatic. And, and I might be perhaps a little bit more emotional about getting, you know, it's, it's, it's an injustice. It's not right. And you'll think, no, you might win, but you'll lose, you know? So um, you've always been very good at, at that, keeping me very grounded. <laughs> I very much respect that. <laughs> I think it's easy to get swept up in the, you know, I think it's very easy to get swept up in the emotion of a case. And I think that's part of the lawyer's job, isn't it? To, uh, to, yeah. to kind of remind you of the commercial, the commercial side of things. Now, tell me about your family life. You've uh, mentioned your mother, but you've got a husband who's also a solicitor um, at Mishcon. So I presume, did you meet, I'm presuming, did you meet at Mishcon? We did. We did meet at Mishcon. We started on the same oh. day, actually. Oh, did you? We did. We did. I, now... I, I always joke that our eyes met over the water cooler, but <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> and then you entered into a contract. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And now you have a lovely, lovely little girl, beautiful, bouncy, confident. And um, uh, yes, she seems to have personality oozing out of every pore. Um, yeah. You work full time. So as many women do, I, I want to ask you how you feel. Do you have the mother's guilt? Um, oh, do you know what? I think all mothers have have the guilt, don't they? I mean, it's very it's very difficult not to. I try my best not to feel guilty about things like work. That I mean, as long as 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 long as my daughter's happy, and and then I think that we should try and be happy. It's it's been really difficult though recently, obviously with the with everyone working from home. I mean, I always once never wanted to be one of those parents who, you know was working in front of their child and so it was kind of fine when she would be at nursery and I would come into work and do my job um, but it's been very difficult having her at home while, while we've been working and, 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 and I think that that's brought on the guilt much more than, yeah. than it used to. And, and do you, you know how do you balance um, you know that as you just said nursery you know your um, working hours, uh, running a house, travel. You know, cost of childcare. How do you, do you how do you plan all that? And just well, in in kind of a pre-COVID world, I thought I had the juggle of working motherhood under control. I mean, um, Michigan's been really flexible. They're, they're very open to kind of flexible working patterns. So um, you, you you put in a request and and they'll they'll be open to it. And and I tended to work nine to five in the office while Sienna would be at nursery and then log back on uh, in the evening after she was in bed to finish off the working day. Um, but obviously that all changed with the lockdown with with three of us under one roof and and. Uh, and, and also my husband and I have both been maxed out on, on large litigation recently. So it's been, it's been much more difficult. Although I have to say, um, we've been really lucky because we've had friends and family who've been able to help. I, I do, you know, I really feel for people who've been locked down with kids and have, have had no, you know, no one around to help over the last few months. It must have been really, really tough. 
Um, at least, I guess the upside on this occasion is that the whole world has been in it together. Um, you know, yes. we've seen it with kind of TV presenters and interviewees on the news in, the, the in, their, home. Like, in their homes. Exactly. You know, everyone's adjusting to a different way of working and living. Um, so at least yes. we're all in it together. And I think people understand more um, about you know, you know, the interruptions of daily life now than maybe they did a few months ago. Yes, I think that's absolutely true. I think that if um, six months ago you were to say you ran your business from home, it would be seen as an unsuccessful business. Um, now, it's probably the opposite. It means that if you have the, uh, if you can afford to run your business from home and have that flexibility, you're probably very, very successful because you can um, juggle. And does your husband help in the home? That's, that's a good question. He wouldn't forgive me for disclosing. <laughs> <laughs> we do we do all have our jobs we we all have our own jobs around the house and to be honest and, and uh and he's a great cook and and but to be honest the difficulty is finding the time we've both yeah we you know one of us tends to be really busy and it's when we're both busy that's when we when we struggle nothing gets done well i think that's modern life isn't it but yeah um, we all do and you know you you but a and you have to travel a lot as well. I mean, how does that work? Um, does he then just take over uh, uh, looking after your daughter? Yeah, I mean, we've both done quite a lot of travelling over the last, well, since we've been at Michigan, which is which is unusual in some ways. I mean, I think some people don't travel at all, but and some of the work I do um, relates to offshore trusts, and so there is a lot of um, overseas travel, and, and my husband has travelled a fair bit as well. And I guess we just pick up the slack for each other when when the other one's busy um I, I think that that actually is the really good thing about both doing the same job there are definitely pros and cons to having the same job i mean we understand when the other one's under a lot of pressure or has to work long hours or has to go away um so i, I think that really helps from a support perspective yes yeah i mean um talking about covid and working from home what what has come out of it that you would take as a keep as a positive from all of the changes and um, uh, adjustments that have been made over the last five months now? Um, I think there's plenty to be uh, to be grateful for. Um, it, it's obviously turned traditional thinking about when, how and where we were completely on its head. Um, in many ways I actually really enjoy working from home and I was very well set up to work from home pre-COVID because I already had um, I already had been working from home a little bit each evening after my daughter was in bed um, and yeah. I have to say there's very little to miss about commuting in rush hour in central London I mean yeah. I, I, being squeezed on the tube um, I, 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 I don't miss that at all although I do think that going forward it would be nice to have a balance of the two because because from working from home it can be difficult to switch off at the end of the day um, you, you know that I've found myself working very, very long hours during the lockdown just because mm. there's no obvious cutoff between the end of the working day and the beginning of, you know, home life. You say that. I've um, always uh, found that I do the things the first thing in the morning. I have a very simple routine. It's first of all, respond to all the emails, which is the first half hour, an hour, and then do the flag follow-up things that I need to complete by that day that are sort of important. And then by midday, the latest, I go on to do the things that I um, need to get through, the plodding things, you know, for the, for the week. 
And because of that, I'm able to give myself an absolute cutoff, you know, that I should finish at six or seven o'clock at night. And I just leave that. And I have a, a separate room and I do just close the door. And I've always done that. And I, I don't feel that I need to, that I should drift in and out. What I really don't like is having it all on display. That's probably the worst thing for me. And I wonder tax-wise if it's something that we're all going to have to um, address as um, you know, running any type of room from in a home as a home office, whether yeah. that's going to affect our um, sort of uh, non-taxable income of our home. Yeah, so it's, a, it's an interesting question. I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'd definitely be interested to discuss that with my tax colleagues. Um, we, we actually were, we were purchasing buildings insurance the other day, and we were asked the uh, question of, you know, whether, you, whether you work from home, whether you run any part of your business from home. And obviously, I think, you know, that there are obvious, there are things that are going to need to be taken into account going forward. More people are working from home, um, yeah. but, but in the same way, you know, it's not like I'm planning on entertaining clients in my living room. <laughs> Um, and I and I have actually quite enjoyed this um, ability to to do everything remotely and to catch up via Zoom, um, which is brilliant when you've got clients um, you know who who aren't in the UK who aren't nearby um, and you can actually have a face to face conversation. I didn't I hadn't even heard of Microsoft Teams before the lockdown, but it's been it's been you know just a, a huge part of business since since the lockdown. Well, we have been using uh, Zoom for with universities, so that class class from UK and um, America have been having these meetings over the last year or more. Um, and it never crossed my mind that that could be converted into a sort of one-to-one um, relationship. And I'll, uh, but yes, I'm with you. I hadn't heard of um, Teams, but I think that we have spoken with many of um, members of SBID who have said, what were we doing racing across London to sit and yeah. look at someone over coffee? Um, we won't, it's so we won't... true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think about it, the amount of time you spend sitting in traffic uh, to yeah. get across London. I know you're not a huge tube user, um, but, but, <laughs> but I, I mean, you know, I, I'll go to a meeting before work for, you know, for, um, I, I assist with various charities and, and, you know, we might have a board meeting once a month uh, in, in North London or something. And then it, it's, it's three or four hours out of my day, whereas now we can do it over Zoom and, and it's all over and done within an hour and then you can crack on with the rest of your day. Um, it's, it's so much more it, uh, time efficient, I guess. Yes, yes, definitely. There, there, I, I think that the sort of meetings where you don't need to have eye contact and handshaking um, will no longer be face to face. And, and you know, I, I've had uh, meetings with the, the whole team, the SBID team, and, you know, we've got an office, and it's only a small office, we're about 10 to 14 people, and um, nobody wants to return. They like it. And, and I have to say, the efficiency of how we've worked, and we've all worked throughout. Um, no, it has, has risen because we probably talk to each other one-to-one more now than we did when we were sat in the same room, if you like. And, and that's very, very strange. And I would say that probably the most positive thing that's come out of it, we've been able to streamline and stand above the day-to-day business and look at how we do business and yeah. how we can be efficient. And um, travel has definitely 
been um, a, a win for all of us because I think that on average you say that traveling in London for example is an hour in the country it might be you know 20 minutes or 15 minutes to get to work but multiply that going and coming to work and by five days a week and then by yeah. the month it's such a lot of wasted time absolutely and, and money I mean I have a lot of colleagues who, who don't live in central London you know who travel in from say Surrey or or wherever on the train and and you know the amount of money they must be saving on season tickets at the moment um well, I, I, I mean, just think a lot of people are going to change the way they work going forward yes it's it's uh, not just travel i mean i have noticed as a business owner um simple things like just the basics i have a, a sum on our budget each year for things that uh, i would call you know office uh, kitchen expenses so you know dishwasher tablets, yeah. washing up toilet rolls, all those things, um, air conditioning, all of that will, will be um, reduced. So our cost of running the business will, will be um, less. Absolutely. And also the team, which will have an impact on, on business, but they aren't buying lunches in the, the, the small supermarket at £5 a day. Mm -hmm. So they're saving £100 a week on, and just on food on that. Yeah. And that quite a lot of money if you look at a hundred pounds on lunch compared with what you would spend over the overall month in the supermarket so they're happy in general that a they're not spending the time they're saving the travel money and they're saving lunch money so um they win i win and um we'll probably have once a month a meeting where everyone comes in and we'll sit and have breakfast and just you know sort of um, brainstorm all together and just make sure that everyone's happy but um, I, I find it works very well um, so yeah I, I, I think that on the size and scale of, of um, Mishkan and you with uh, uh, and your husband you'll probably um, be uh, staying in some ways um, in the methods that have been adopted of um, COVID during these last few months as a permit. Yeah, I mean the firm's looking at lots of lots of um, learning. I think from the last few months in terms of what's worked well and what hasn't, and what and uh, and also the different ways in which our clients want to do business now. Um, yeah. So you know, I think I think I think for all businesses, it's important to 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 look at what we're doing, um, look at look at how you're operating, and whether or not any changes need to be made in light of this. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Um, uh, what would you just on to close up on COVID? You know, what would you not like to? Besides, obviously, the, the virus itself. But what what would you um, like to lose out of everything that's um, happened over the the last few months? What would you like to change from that that shouldn't have happened? Uh, it's a tough question. Um, to be honest, I think the impact on so many businesses, um, you know, the catastrophic impact on so many businesses over the last few months and, and the number of people, the sheer number of people who've been made redundant is just awful. And, um, and I really feel for those. I mean, I, I know a number of people who've been made redundant and, and I've seen a number of businesses which are folding. Um, and I think that the government has obviously tried to provide support where where they can but it's 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 unfortunately just not been enough um for many businesses um and 
and I think that I, I don't know whether there are learning points that can be taken away from from companies in relation to that in case there's a second a second wave or in case this is something we just need to get used to now on you know an annual or or or, or, or however um, you know basis but um, but it, it has been pretty awful that the number of people who've lost their jobs and the businesses that have that have sadly not survived this. Yes, I do think that after everything bad comes something good. And I think a lot of good has come out of it. And, um, you know, people are uh, entrepreneurial, will find lots of um, different ways to start up new businesses. So there will be a wave on the back of that, um, uh, very much of the different ways to trade. Yes. And you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, one of my stepbrothers is is in a uh, has just taken on a new job in a co in a completely different area. He was made redundant from his um, role in the hospitality industry. Has taken on a completely different job in a business that's currently undergoing rapid expansion despite COVID. So I think you're right that there are you know on, entrepreneurs are always going to be um, coming up with new ideas which are going to work in this in this new world. Um, yes. And and so you know, hopefully that will create the jobs that we're severely needing right now. I, I think. Um, how do you feel about um, businesses changing to a four-day week, so that it would spread more work, more jobs around? I am hugely in favour of a four-day week, um, but I think it's difficult for um, for people whose jobs are inevitably you know whose jobs can't be shoehorned into four days um so you know where jobs can be done in four days um or where um you know perhaps more clerical jobs um where work can be shared more easily between several people um then i th then i think it's a no-brainer um the difficulty is obviously from from my perspective if you're working on a large piece of litigation um it, it can often be seven days not even five so um i think it would be difficult if not impossible to say actually today is not my working day and so i'm not able to assist with this um so it really depends on i guess on the job and 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 how it would work in practice um but i'm in favor um very much of 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 people having a you know more work-life balance and and jobs being shared um you know amongst more people to the extent possible yeah yeah so um, that, that's all really good very positive now i want to come on to the fun final part of our um uh, chat today you sing and when you Come to the awards and got up and sung at it in. Oh, I don't want to say in the bar, but yes, at the Dorchester <laughs> parties. And um, I remember the next day, um, I would get all these lovely messages from people saying it was amazing. This was that, and who was that singer in the bar, and who was that? And I, can I play a little bit because you sing in the. Mishcon band, which is another reason why I always think that Mishcon is so cool. Can I play a little bit from your um, from you singing? Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Johnny, yesterday my life was filled with rain. Sunny, you smiled at me and really eased the pain. Now the dark days are gone and the bright days are here My sunny one shines so sincere Sunny 
cool is that? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's actually, we recorded that in the lockdown. Um, Did you? Yeah, so that was recorded in four different people's homes uh, separately uh, during, the, uh, during the lockdown, which was, which was, which was fun at the beginning of the lockdown when we were, you know, trying to think of interesting ways to while away the day. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's the Michigan band. Um, which uh, which has been going for some 10 years now, I think. I mean, a couple of months after I started at Michigan, someone sent an email around the firm asking if anyone played a musical instrument. And I actually can't believe, looking back, that I replied to that email because I was a trainee and I'd only been at the firm for a couple of months. Um, but um, but I'm glad I did. And we've uh, we've played some amazing gigs over the years, and uh, uh, and it's 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 led me to being able to perform at the 100 Club on Oxford Street, which is obviously a legendary music venue, um, and sang at Ronnie Scott's, and I guess given me the confidence to get up in the Dorchester at <laughs> your event. Uh, I mean, really, your, your, and your um, style is very jazz and fantastic. And Michigan um, sponsored Jazz FM, and uh, it's really, as I say, very... A, a very cool firm, a very diverse uh, firm of solicitors and just, just fit everything and everyone in the creative sector. I, I know you do other things as well, but for us as SBI, yeah. um, you actually understand, um, you know, the issues that creative space, um, as well as the business side of that. So I always think that you're the perfect firm for, for um, interior designers and uh, as well as all the, the other issues that go with it like IT etc but I just want to stick with first of all about the music so um, you know when you play um, and you have this really cool reception at Mishkan so you come in and there's a bar in there just in the London I just want to describe it in the, in the London offices uh, you come into a very traditional um, building marble foyer etc and you walk down two steps and there's a you know, carpeted area to a huge marble desk with three receptionists it's and very friendly and suddenly there's all these little um i don't want to say booths but seating areas that's almost yeah. like a bar and then a seat and then a bar in the center of the 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 room which would normally i remember one person saying to me all that space in the in the void that's uh, that's huge and i said yes but it, it means that they have great events because the middle yeah. is a center um, bar which serves wine and coffee and there's you know people coming up and so you know waitresses I mean it's just like being in a hotel and I, <laughs> I mean it's a fantastic hub it's a great space it's a great great space to meet clients um to meet intermediaries and as you say you know we've had some brilliant events there and I, I hope in the post-covid world that uh, we'll be able to start hosting events again there because like you say Michigan does know how to throw a good party <laughs> yeah and um do you have you done anything at um jazz fm have you sung there or created a, a recording that uh jazz fm i used? haven't but now you're putting the idea in my mind i'm going to be on the phone to elliot as soon as i get off this <laughs> <laughs> Great. well in which case we won't keep you any longer but maybe um we can come back and chat to you again about some um, questions that uh, uh, some of our members might have um, absolutely to, you know um, one of the things that I approached you for and although you said that it wasn't your area you introduced me to somebody there who acted for me for um, you know mergers and acquisitions to sell a business and um, you acted and uh, you also are very active 
in uh, intellectual property protection and contract law and uh, disputes and um, uh, litigation. So there's all sorts of areas that um, uh, designers and manufacturers in general um, might need to have advice on, which absolutely fits our sector um, because you get it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm always here, Vanessa. Whenever whenever anyone's got any queries, and uh, and um, and I, it's always been a pleasure to speak to ESPID members in the past. Um, and and I know that we we've worked alongside each other a few times. So, um, yeah. so do feel free to put. Right, well, hopefully, with um, a series of follow up questions that we might get. And um, uh, until the next time. Excellent. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Susie. Thanks. Thanks.